get yourself up to speed on what the legislation means. And then I think it's all going to come down to preparing workplace policies and training your staff. So train your workplace managers, train your employees, let them know what their rights are and what the legislation you know, means for them. Just set those clear expectations and have it in their employee agreements about what after hours work may or may not be necessary. And you may want to look at your old workplace agreements and maybe updating those. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers, and leaders. With thanks to our partner, Connect Now, Elevate brings you the best tools, thinking, and strategies to elevate your results. For more information about how Connect Now can make moving easier for your clients, visit connectnow.com.au. And to get new episodes of Elevate directly to your inbox, sign up at eliteagent.com slash subscribe. Here is your host, Samantha McLean. Hey, hey, everyone. It's Sam here. Welcome to a special episode of the Elevate podcast where we will take a deep dive into a topic that's been increasingly relevant in our always-on digitally connected world, and that is the right to disconnect. As real estate agents and business owners, you know that the lines between work and personal life can often blur with the expectation to be available around the clock. But as we navigate this new era, the conversation around establishing boundaries and promoting well-being has also gained a lot of momentum in the last couple of years. In Australia, the discussion around the right to disconnect has taken centre stage with the legislative efforts like the Fair Work Amendment Bill aiming to redefine the boundaries of work and personal life. The legislation itself seeks to ensure that employees are not obligated to engage in work communications outside of their regular hours, making a significant shift in workplace norms and expectations. But what does this mean for the real estate industry where responsiveness can be a key differentiator? How can agents and business owners balance the need for availability with the equally important need for downtime? And what implications does this have for productivity, employee satisfaction, and ultimately the bottom line? Researching many angles and various viewpoints from leaders in the real estate industry has been Elite Agents digital editor and host of the Daily Brief podcast, Kylie Dalhunty. So Kylie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Sarah. It's a bit weird for me to say that. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, I won't say the big podcast room because I think people hear from you now more than they hear from me, like on a daily basis. Yeah, I think I'd much rather be on your side of the desk. I like to ask the questions, but we'll see how we go today. Yeah, me too. Okay, so you've done a lot of work on this topic. It's been very topical, like we almost went to Christmas in a different world and we've come back where, you know, you might be thrown in jail for contacting someone like after hours. Is that pretty much where we're at? It's definitely been a big change and you did mention jail, so I will address this point straight away. At the moment in the legislation, there are criminal penalties, but that's a mistake. Who would have thought the government makes a mistake? They're going to remove the criminal penalties and they'll just be civil ones. But yeah, the right to disconnect is going to change things. Yeah. So talk to me about, you know, like you've done the research, you've done a lot of work. There are stories up on EliteAgent.com about it. So in your words, what exactly is the right to disconnect? Well, as you just mentioned, we live in a really connected world. Once upon a time, you would leave work, the boss couldn't reach you. Today, they can. So what the right to disconnect is really going to do, it's going to regulate how employers can contact 
their employees outside of work hours. It won't necessarily stop that contact unless people go to fair work. But what it does mean is that employees can go, "Mm, I'm not going to read or monitor that email or answer that phone call if it's unreasonable contact outside their regular when they start and finish work. Yeah. So it can like literally go through to voicemail and you can deal with it the next morning. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's not just going to be phone calls. It'll be emails, text messages, WhatsApp messages, your internal, you know, communications that you have on your intranet at work, any form of communication. Right. So it's not just related to phone calls. No. If you decide to send your employee a text, they can go, I will potentially look at that tomorrow. Yeah, rightio. Okay. So you've just used the word unreasonable a few times as well. So why is that word particularly important? Yeah, that is going to be a really important word because what you deem unreasonable and what I deem unreasonable can be different. And it's probably important that I mention at the moment about the legislation as well is that it can be unreasonable for an employer to make that contact, but fair work, if it does go to fair work, they can also potentially decide that the employee was acting unreasonably in not looking at that outside contact. Now, I had a chat last week to Brian Wilcox from Reef, so shout out to Brian. (laughs) But one of the things he said that was super, super interesting was if it does get to fair work, what they're going to look at is a few things. They're going to look at how the contact was made, so whether it's phone or email, what the reason for that contact is and whether it's unreasonable contact or not, whether or not the employee is going to be paid for that contact, will they get compensated, and what level the employee is at. So are they a senior manager or are they, I don't know how to word this nicely, are they lower rung? (laughs) You know what I mean. And also their personal circumstances. So do they have kids? Are they a carer for their elderly mother? How much disruption is this causing? Yeah, okay. So there's a lot of factors that actually go into whether it's a problem or not. Yeah, heaps of factors. It's definitely not clear cut. And as I said, you know, if if there is a dispute and you can't solve it at office level and it goes to fair work, fair work may decide actually that contact was reasonable and the employee was acting unreasonably. It's not all one way. Yeah, interesting. And so how do you see this? Like, well, because in property management, like sometimes you are faced with emergencies after hours and things like that, like somebody's toilet needs fixing or whatever. So how do you think this will impact property managers? Yeah, the hot water system is always going to blow up at 10 o'clock at night, isn't it? And so the way this will probably work with property managers is it's important to point out they already have in the real estate industry award, they're already covered for their out of hours time. That's been in place since about 2010. So if a property manager is on call, whatever they want to call it, on standby, if they do any work outside of regular hours, they will need to be compensated, whether that's monetary or time off, that type of thing. So a property manager could decide, yes, I'm not going to answer. But as we know, property managers are amazing people, really hardworking. They're probably going to. And if they do, as long as they're compensated for that time, everything should be okay. Yeah. Okay. And what about sales agents? 
Novak's been famous on TikTok for responding at all hours of the day or night. What do you think will happen in the sales agent world? Yeah, I mean, I've talked to agents that have driven to the airport in Sydney at 10 o'clock at night because the vendors have got back and a buyer's signed and they want to get the deal done. And I think that is still going to happen because if you look at the way sales agents are paid, it's based on commission, it's based on fees. And so if they potentially miss that contact, it could really affect what they earn. And if they miss a phone call or an email, it could mean they, they don't, they miss a listing or they miss a sale. That buyer's gone and they buy with someone else. So again, I think there's always potential for its impact, but I don't know many sales agents that are going to go, no, I'll leave that buyer waiting until tomorrow. Yeah, no, me neither. The lure of the commission is too strong. Yes, exactly. Of course it is. Yep. All right. So moving on to manage, let's, let's go up a level to management level. How do you think this will impact managers in managing teams? Yeah. So I think with managers, and I guess to name a few roles, you're probably looking there at, you know, the heads of a PM department or your sales manager, that type of thing. And usually in their employee agreement, they normally paid well above award wage. And usually those roles do come with the expectation and often it is in their employee agreement that they may need to work outside your regular nine to five. Now, if there isn't that compensation already in place, they do need to be compensated for that out of hours time. And if you haven't got that in your employee agreement, you may want to look at it. But again, the research I've done and speaking with Brian sort of indicates that those expectations are pretty clear and it's in their employee agreements and that they will be compensated for it. So it shouldn't really impact too much. Yeah. And what about, let's talk admin staff now. So reception, those sorts of trust accounting, those sorts of jobs. What do you think is the implication there? Yeah, I think the implication there, I think this will be the cohort that is potentially least affected because generally if you're on reception, if you're doing trust accounting, you usually do the nine to five. And there may be, you know, someone's PA often falls into the category of, you know, being an admin role. They may be more affected, you know, if you're helping an agent outside of hours. Again, it's all going to come back to the award. They should be compensated for that out of hours time. And I think it just comes down to communicating what's expected on the way in or readdressing it now that there are these changes. Yeah, okay. And so let's talk disputes now, like because what happens if there is a dispute between employees and employers under this new set of, well, draft rules? Yep. What they would really rather is that, you know, you sort it out at workplace level. And if you put in some policies around what the right to disconnect means at your workplace level, you should be able to do that. If you can't, you can go to Fair Work and have them decide it. And as I said before, you won't necessarily be all one way. You know, employers can make a complaint to Fair Work, employees can, and they'll decide. So the Fair Work Commission can put in place a stop order. And what that means is they can order the employer, you need to stop making this unreasonable after hours contact. Similarly, they can also potentially 
say, employee, sorry, but your refusal to take that after hours contact to monitor your email was unreasonable and you need to stop doing that. Then there are those civil penalties if you break the stop order. Yeah, so it's sort of like a yellow card, red card kind of system. Yeah, that's what it appears to be. I think the key is if you can sort it out before it needs to go to fair work, that would be ideal. Yeah. So if you were an agency business owner, what would you be thinking about right now to get yourself ready for these changes? First of all, I'd say take a deep breath and get yourself up to speed on what the legislation means. And then I think it's all going to come down to preparing workplace policies and training your staff. So train your workplace managers, train your employees, let them know what their rights are and what the legislation, you know, means for them. Put policies in place so everyone knows the pathway and what to do if there is an issue. And I guess also potentially when you're hiring, particularly new people, just set those clear expectations and have it in their employee agreements about what after hours work may or may not be necessary. And you may want to look at, you know, your old workplace agreements and maybe updating those. Yeah. And what about, I mean, I have, I have to be a slight nerd here because, you know, I'm more than passingly interested in AI. What? But it sort of occurs to me that there might be some AI solutions out there to actually help look after clients in those out-of-hours areas. What have you turned up in that space? Yeah. And this is not just because you're into AI, but this is right up AI's alley, for want of a better term. There's already a lot of products and platforms out there, and I can mention a few. I was chatting last week with David Choi from Propic. They have Claire. One interesting stat that he told me was that of all the inquiries that Claire fields, 70% of them are after hours, like outside of nine to five. Um, And I think it was 6.30 until 10 p.m. that most of them happen. So she can handle, Claire, I'm talking like she's a real person, (laughs) she can handle a whole bunch of things, everything from, hey, I want to inquire about this rental property to, oh, what's happening with my repairs. So there's a lot of things that can handle with that. There's also things like Bricks and Agent, there's real estate heroes that can really, I guess, take those inquiries that are after hours and either actually action and work on them or give a response that is, you know, going to say that your property manager or whatever is going to come back to you on this one. So I think using technology could be a really good thing for a lot of businesses. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like it super pleases me to hear that too. (laughs) (laughs) It is like a really advancing area. So everyone listening in, I hope you've really enjoyed this. This is just like, it's a whistle-stop tour, isn't it, Carly, through all of the, you know, you've talked to a lot of people in the industry and obviously there's more info online. But if we were to sort of wrap it up into sort of one piece of advice or one actionable takeaway from this, what would it be? Oh, gee, you ask everyone that question and I should have known it was coming. I think the biggest thing is don't panic. Everyone tends to, you know, panic a little bit when there's something new and unknown and scared. You do have time 
to take stock and to research what this means for you and your agency specifically. Because depending on your business size, I should mention it's either six months or 18 months that you have. So if you've got more than 15 employees, you've got six months to get up to speed on all of this. And if you're under, if you've got 14 or less, you've got 18 months. But really just take stock, take a deep breath, don't panic and get your policies and procedures in place and reach out for help. There's lots of great help out there including with Reef and also the Real Estate Institutes have some great information on their websites. An elite agent, don't forget her. Yeah, we'll leave some links to some of our resources in the show notes. Kylie, once again, thank you for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me, Sam. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Elevate podcast. With thanks to Connect Now. To stay in touch with all things Elite Agent, sign up for our daily newsletter. The brief at eliteagent.com slash subscribe.